Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, it's a No Pants Friday. If you need evidence, go to at Busted Open Radio because it is a No Pants Friday here on the Busted Open Podcast. And we have Thunder Rose's Wrestler of the Week. We have my power rankings for the week that was in the world of pro wrestling. And we speak to Mr. Anderson right now on the Busted Open Podcast. This is where we find out who Thunder Rosa's Wrestler of the Week is. So go ahead, Thunder. The floor is yours. Well, as I was uh, expressing myself earlier during the show about how I am so impressed by one of my co-workers, and I'm going to say again, uh, Christian Cage is my Wrestler of the Week. Uh, in the last, I will say, year and a half to... Two years, like he has developed different stories with different people. Like one of them, like, and you all remember and is still talking about it. Jack Perry acting like a father figure and then turning into being an asshole and, and being one of the biggest heels in AEW. And now we call him the the father of the year when he brought his daughter. You know, he, she was removed by security. Like the things that he does in the his ability on the microphone is Pretty amazing. And the fact that uh, ever since he came to AEW, not only he has been able to um, kill it in the ring and he has had really, really good matches out there, like his ability on the microphone and his ability to develop and build the stories is pretty amazing. And is you can't really find that as often in, in with a lot of the wrestlers, the current wrestlers right now. And he's just, um, he continues to impress me. He continues to surprise me, especially with, with the giddy comments, one-liners that he does, especially another one um, when he was hitting on um, a little Wayne's mom. And things like that, that it, they're just like, they pop you so hard. And he's just, he's always been so edgy. Uh, no pun intended with his friend. He's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> True. <clears throat> but uh, the last thing that he did when I heard what was going to happen between him and Luchasaurus and, and him acting like the champion, that really, that that was really genius, you know, and, and, and how he got over and how he became now the champion and now what he's doing and how he's like turning people to be like, especially the young, the, the younger ones to, to follow him. It's just, brilliant so i don't know what's going to happen with the continuation of the story between him and adam and like everything else that he's doing with luchasaurus but i am really really curious and and really happy to see the developmental uh, uh of this storyline yeah i mean uh christian and we talked about it on the show yesterday uh thunder and, and a caller called in and said this and i totally agree this is without a doubt the best singles run that christian has ever had in his career and if you look at his career, and it's a Hall of Fame-worthy career, yes. in my opinion, to say that this is the best run that he's had as a singles competitor, it, it tells you what he's being able to do. And AEW, to your point, Thunder, like you said that you're loving Christian 
you love what you saw Wednesday with Christian and Edge and the story that they're about to tell and that you would love to be in a story like this. The one knock on AEW in its short run, you know, because Dynamite just celebrated its four-year anniversary, was about long-term stories and storytelling. This is a turn in the right direction for AEW, and it is about stories. And the story that Christian and Edge are about to tell, Thunder, I think, is going to be something that's going to be amazing and that you're going to have to keep your eyes on because it's going to be wonderful television. I think it is. And um, and again, uh, for all of you youngsters that are in business, like I think you have to pay attention because like some of the stuff that they're doing and it's very subtle, it makes sense. It's very psychology driven. And I, especially when he is in the ring because he's not trying to match, you know, the, the speed of some of his opponents because they're 20 years younger. Yeah. Uh, the way the way that he is telling the story and 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 he is developing the match, it's really interesting. I mean, uh, the opportunity that he had had to work a storyline with Darby Allen, which kudos to Darby, I was terrified for his life this Sunday Oof. with that oh, with that bump on those stairs. Anybody that takes the bumps on those like metal stairs, it's just always gives me PTSD. But that's another story for another day. But Yes, like the matches that he has had with him have been different, have been interesting, and they all have told a story that needs to be told. And um, but the the one thing that you guys can say about Christian is that he really stays true to his style of wrestling. And uh, when he came to to Collision, like you you could see it. It was it's it's just a very storytelling driven. And um. We need to see more of that. I think that's uh, more than like high spots, more than anything else is like storytelling driven and, and very psychology based. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I mean, that's why we get emotionally invested in personalities and characters in pro wrestling thunder. And, you know, that's why I always wanted to see you get more mic time with AEW is because I want your story so that, listen, people are invested in you thunder because you're a great athlete. You're a great character. You prove it each and every time you're in the ring. But it's the other side of that that's going to make people remember you. And that is the the side that's personal and gets people emotionally invested. You have a wonderful story to tell. And I hope in this next run with AEW, you're able to tell that story. And like you said, you know, Edge and Christian are going to be able to tell a story on AEW TV. And, and you know what? To, like, to that point, I'm just not going to just solely speak about myself, but I'm going to speak about a lot of other talent. And I'm talking about female talent that deserve an opportunity to also tell their story. And I'm just not talking about making something like super superficial, but it's mm -hmm. actually, you know, having the layers of that character. So they understand what the character's motives are, what, where are they going? Uh, what are they trying to accomplish? And with Christian, you see, you, you have seen it develop. It was just, the hardest working person, right? And then all of a sudden he turned to be a, a serial killer looking like motherfucker. You know, it's yeah. just like the way that he dresses, everything. So it's like when given an opportunity and, and, and when you have ideas and when they can help you develop those ideas to develop the character and the people get it. And uh, another mention, uh, it's, it's worth to be mentioned, that's Tony Storm. That's another person that she's developed another yep. character. And now it's timeless, Tony Storm. And it's completely different. It's completely sports, enter you know, entertainment. Like, she is 
out of like this the world of, of being Tony Storm from like what she was last year to where she is right now is completely different. And people are some people like it, some people don't understand it. But that's the thing is like she is um changing her character and they're investing in that character with the with the promos, like the way that she's, you know, dressing, everything is just it's been I remember talking to her when I was calling her match and she was just explaining how she was developing this new character until like I saw it on Wednesday uh, when she had that big announcement. Right. And then you see her in the ring, super old school and, and the things that she was saying during the commercial break. Amazing. Again, but as, as what I'm saying, she's been given an opportunity and she's running with it and, and she's excelling in it and, and she looks very different. And I'm just curious to see where she's going to take Tony Storm timeless or timeless Tony Storm. And who is she going to be uh, feuding with that is going to complement her character? Because I think it's impor important to have somebody that you will build up with that character in order to get that character over and the other person over. And I think with that, with that said, I'm going back to Christian and that what Christian has been able to do. He did it first with Jungle Boy, then with uh, now Darby Allen, with even Luchasaurus, you know, because Luchasaurus never talks. And like people are feeling sad for Luchasaurus now. People are having... They're gonna have an emotional connection with Luchasaurus because he's been he's being screwed over. And in the fact that Luchasaurus only touched the title one time when he was champion, it pisses me off because he was doing all the hard work and Christian was taking and ripping all the benefits out of it. So now it, even when he won the championship, it was Luchasaurus time. And then Christian Cage just like, you know, went for business to him for himself. And now Luchasaurus is without a title and, you know, it's still like. On, I don't know if he has some like brujeria on him or like he put a spell on him. I don't know. But I don't, I want Luchasaurus to have justice and I want Darby Allen to have justice. And now he has Little Wayne and it really pisses me off because he was a good kid and now he's going to turn into be like another jungle boy. Like, I I don't like that. I like, I like Little Wayne and I like his mom. Well, <laughs> think about what you just said about what Christian's been able to do. He make, makes you feel sympathy for Luchasaurus. Like, yes, Luchasaurus, like, a, you know, a dinosaur, you know, a, a gimmick of all gimmicks and something like that. You never thought you would be able to have an emotional connection with. But Christian has made you feel an emotional connection because he's so good. That's why Thunder, you're already it's AEW's already reaping the benefits of having a Christian in the locker room and now having an edge in the locker room. And then you mentioned Tony Storm. Think about how much. The AEW women's div division over the last month has improved mm -hmm. with characters and personalities. What Tony Storm has been able to do, Sky Blue has been able to do, Julia Hart has been oh, able that's to another do one. Thunder. Yeah. Like the women's division, I think over the last, you know, five, six weeks has improved drastically. So it's it's taking a little time. But I think you're starting to see those improvements. And again, AEW is still a young company. People are like, all right, when is the honeymoon period over? The honeymoon period's over. But again, Dynamite's only been on TV for four years. Four years. It's still That's still very young. And I think in a lot of ways, they're still finding their way. But Thunder, when you have people like a Mark Henry, like an Edge, like a Christian, like a Dean Malenko, like an Arn Anderson you're going to improve and AEW I feel as a product is improving right now. I, I think so too. But I, I, again, it's like the opportunity has to be given and I'm talking about time on TV and I know how challenging and how tight it is 
And for uh, Nick Wayne, it's definitely has been really good for him because he's, they have put him in, in such a position at such, at such a young age that is very important that he's involved in main event, uh, in main event matches and in main event uh, matches that he is not necessarily wrestling, but he's part of a story. Mm-hmm. So for the women, and this is, this comes for most of the promotions is like, I think that's what people have been asking for. And I'm talking about other workers is like that same depth in stories for them with some sort of like lengthy time on TV or at least on the creation of promos that can be put on social on socials. Like one example that comes to mind is Athena and the, the, the minion training for ROH that promo had lots of views. It had a, a lots of interest that people it had people talking because it's interesting. It is entertaining. And now they're following it with merchandise They're following it with other stuff. But it's like, that's the kind of stuff I feel like sometimes we need to develop certain characters and to develop certain storylines. That doesn't necessarily, we have to have them on TV, but if you can have it on socials that will lead into people watching the show, I think that will help raise ratings and they'll raise the interest of, you know, people that probably don't watch professional wrestling. They're like, Oh, I've been watching your stuff on social media. Let me, let me, let me tune in on Thursday. Let me tune in on Saturday. Let me tune in on Wednesday. That's, that's very big for me. That's very, very big for me. And I will continue to say it until, until it it starts happening. And for Tony storm it's what's happening. Like a lot of her promos are really well done. I love the work that she's doing with RJ city. And um, and she's very talented. You know, I've said this many, many times. She's probably one of the most talented young wrestlers that is out there. She's been wrestling. She was 13. And now with the, uh, the opportunity she has to do this, uh, it's it's really awesome. And and that, yeah, going back to uh, Christian Cage being my wrestler of the week. We need to have veterans that are willing and able to do this for the younger generations, because yes. it's not only for him, because we like. He's like you said, he's a Hall of Famer, but when they're doing stuff, working with new generations and like really new talent and they can get them over. But having people invested on that, like I was telling you, I'm pissed for Luchasaurus. I want to punch Christian Cage every time I see him holding that title because that's not his title. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what we need more and more and more to build yeah. new stars. And look and look what we saw Wednesday with Powerhouse Hobbs. You know, uh, seeing Hobbs kind of really have that opportunity. And look at the star power that was in the ring when Hobbs hit the ring. Oh, yeah. Like, that's where, you know, you can grab people's attention. I think Hobbs grabbed people's attention. And I I feel like we're really going to see some stories surround Hobbs moving forward on Dynamite and on Collision on Saturdays. Absolutely. And, again, that's what keeps people coming into uh, watching the shows, and I'm very, very, very hopeful it happens for the women's division, too. Hey, everyone, it's Howard Bender from the Andy Up podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. 
Everybody enjoys my voice when I give my quintessential Dave LaGreca power ranking stunder. Number five. Okay. We go back to, as you called it, WrestleWave. This past Sunday (laughs) from AEW for my number five. Was that the six-man belt? It was Prince Nana's Nana's crown. Okay. Nana's crown driven to the face of Hangman Page. Oh! Oh. We have seen two men push each other to the limit. Here it comes. A house call. Swerve. Over the years of pent-up aggression. Swerve not done yet. A second. God. JML Driver. Swerve. One, two, three. Ah, there you go. Swerve Strickland at number five, Thunder. Listen, I knew given the opportunity that he would kill it, and he is. I love him with Prince Nana Thunder. I know you're a big fan of the Nana dance. I am, I am. too. I, I love Prince. There, do it, do it, girl. Do the Nana. Do the Nana, baby. <laughs> do the Nana with no pants. Do the, do the Nana with no pants. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of, of Swerve Strickland. I think he's killing it. I love that match with Hangman Page. And that's a big victory for Swerve. He's at number five. At number four, we also go back to Wrestle Dream from this past Sunday. Oh, wait. Uh-oh. Kingston. Oh. Northern Lights bomb. He floats over. Two. And Shibata kicks out. And he had wrist control. Had Shibata on down. But, man, Shibata showing that fighting spirit. And Kingston, the Oregon again. Now, power bomb, high stack, two, three. All right, Eddie Kingston. Uh, now he's got the championship titles to prove it. Thunder Eddie Kingston is my number four. Now, somebody that we talked about a lot this morning at number three. It's time for you and I to team together again. Let's do it. Let's end our careers together as a team. Let's show them all what we can do. Go fuck yourself. First of all, it's very, very difficult to do what Christian just asked Edge to do. Very difficult. Few people can do it, and I don't think Edge can. So that's almost an impossible task, Thunder. But... uh, but Christian at number three, for all the reasons that you mentioned earlier, Thunder, I mean, the storytelling, the run that he's on, uh, Christian definitely deserves to be on the power rankings. All right, at number two, we go back to Saturday and NXT. This is the championship. All the was on the line, Vic. Dragunov looking to show no mercy from the top. Looking for a super H. Ilya Dragunov, we spoke to him before his big matchup, and then we spoke to him again this week after winning that NXT championship. And Thunder, NXT is on fire. We'll get into what we're going to see on Tuesday with NXT. And Ariel's getting really nervous because this music bed's about to run out. So let's get <laughs> and quickly get to our number one for my power rankings. The rated all superstar is in AEW. 
All right. Adam Copeland at number one. So my power, perfect timing, Ariel, the impeccable timing because my power rankings are now over. Thus, the music is over. But let me recap who is on my power rankings for this week. The comeback of all comebacks. The LaGreca power rankings are back each and every Friday. You'll hear it at 10 a.m. Eastern time unless, you know, we have a guest. At number five. Swerve Strickland. At number four, Eddie Kingston. At number three, Christian. At number two, Ilya Dragunov. And at number one, Adam Copeland. What are your thoughts? For the first time, I actually agree with your, uh, your power rankings. I, Thank you. I mean, I would have put Christian a little higher, of course. Over over uh, Ilya Dragunov? Don't think so. New NXT yeah. champion. Yeah. I actually, it was, I was up all night. I couldn't sleep because I was like, should I put Ilya Dragunov number one or should I put Adam Copeland number one? It's something I fought with, but I went with um, I went with um, Adam Copeland. Paul, Paul, I'm surprised you didn't put um, uh, Becky Lynch on this one. They had a really good match. They did. They had a great match, but Becky Lynch is already your champion. She already beat Tiffany Stratton. Now, Paul, our producer, said Trick Williams. But but Trick Whoop, also lost. Trick. I had to say that. I had to say that. Sorry. Every time he comes out. <laughs> Whoop that trick. Whoop that trick. <laughs> but he lost the championship. This it don't matter. So he won but this, it was, and he lo- this was the biggest week in his career, without a doubt. Uh, yeah. Paul, he lost. It don't matter. Like- yes, it does. Is he? Let me ask you, Thunder. Let me ask you a question. Who's the NXT North American champion? It's Dom Mysterio. It's not Trick. So if Trick was your North American champion right now today, he would be on my power rankings. He lost, thus he's not. Hey everyone, Jen Piacenti here, host of Sticks and Stacks, the podcast that brings you the very best action from the world of hockey and baseball. Each week, myself, Sean Drotar, and Nate Lundy will bring you our best picks and talk you through the props, bets, and fantasy advice that can help you become the best fantasy manager in your league or even just help you win some money. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Ken Anderson joins us here on Busted Open. Sir, how are you? And thank you for your time. I'm so happy that you guys asked me to be on. Thank you very much. Good morning. It's a pleasure to see you again. Good morning. Um, You have had such a career. You worked in so many different places. You have established yourself as probably one of the best in the ring and in the microphone. Um, But tell us a little bit more about what you're doing now that is off the ring. Um, I'm teaching people how to fall down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, uh, four days a week, roughly. I teach people how to, how to wrestle. Uh, I have a wrestling school here in the twin cities, St. Paul. Um, yeah, we just teach people from the ground up. I've got, I've got students who have been with me since we opened in 2016. And then I've got new students starting all the time. So fun stuff. Well, talk about the school. It's called the Academy. As you said, it's in it's in Minnesota. What made you decide to open up a wrestling school? Um, you know, Sean Davari was my you know, my best friend in the wrestling business. And there were a handful of us who tried to make it to WWE from like day one. And we spent six years just trying to figure out the formula 
And I always said, like, if I ever figured it out, I would want to give that back to people and and hopefully cut some of those corners for people so that they don't have to spend six years kind of figuring it out for themselves. How so hard that, is it? Oh, go ahead, Thunder. I'm sorry. Sorry, because you're talking about the formula. So you were, I'm, I'm assuming, in, during this six years, you were knocking on doors, you were doing indies, you were making mistakes. Um, mm -hmm. When you finally figured out what to do, how are you like translating that into your teachings and, and how are you helping your students to like not cut corners, but at least doing it the right way? Yeah. So I think um, one of the, one of the main things is like fundamentals, right? There's like certain things that we do in and out of the ring that are necessary. And if you do them poorly, your, your career is going to suffer because of it. Whereas if you know how to do those things, well, um, everything else sort of like builds on top of it, if that makes sense. So it's really um, focusing on fundamentals and then it's just polishing like little tiny things that people do in the ring. It's not the the moves that we do necessarily. It's the things that we do between those moves and building up to the next set of moves. How hard is it to mentor and to teach? Because you know the skills. You know what to do on the microphone. You, knew, you know what to do in the ring. How difficult is it to take somebody who's a younger talent and try to get them to understand this business. It's really not. I, I okay. truly enjoyed I truly enjoy doing it. Um, I think early on I I struggled with it a little more. I was wasn't as patient. Whereas now I I realize that everybody learns at a different pace. Um, you know, some people I need to be harder on, others I need to be a little gentler and kinder. Um, and I really we try to we try to train everyone. I, I feel that if you love this business and you want to contribute, there is something that you can do, whether it's in ring as a wrestler or a referee or as a manager, you might want to run shows and, you know, know how we, how we conduct things and the, the formula for psychology, you know, things like that. Ken, what is the most difficult part of you uh, being a coach when you're having a difficult student? Um, I, th I think for me, it's it's like you've got some students that catch on right away. And uh, and those are easy, I guess. Um, it's it's staying calm and okay, how can I talk this person through this? I, and, it, and it usually bounces back to me. I always think like I'm doing something wrong. Not that they're doing something wrong, right? I'm not communicating effectively. So I got to figure out, okay, what do I need to do? And then also I've got 20 other people standing around waiting to get in the ring. So we might have to, this is something we might have to work on later. The, the wrestling business is always changing. And I know that there's fundamentals that are fundamentals no matter what era of pro wrestling it is. When you look yep. at the last decade or maybe even the last five years, how much has changed? And like how difficult is it to keep up on the changes that are happening in this business? I, I love the changes that occur. And I, I am um, I'm, I'm a big fan of change. However, I think storytelling is storytelling. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think there's certain fundamental things that occur in through all genres of, of entertainment, whether it's movies or books, um, certain elements of telling a story that have to be there. Mm -hmm. But I really do enjoy 
you know, some of the sillier stuff that's happened in the business. Over there. I love like entertainment for the sake of entertainment, you know, like comedy wrestling. I love technical wrestling, hardcore wrestling. I like it all. When I look at your career and all your accomplishments in your career, and I, I actually mentioned this when we had Kurt Angle on the show, there's a period of pro wrestling that I thought that the best we were seeing was in TNA. And it's almost been forgotten about. You had some of your best matches of your career in TNA against Kurt Angle, the match at lockdown probably being one of the examples of that. Do you feel like there's an era in that TNA era, roughly 2010, 11, 12, that time period? Like, unfortunately, it's kind of been forgotten about? Um, yeah, and I think that was just because there weren't a whole lot of eyes on it at the time, you know? Uh and it wasn't for a lack of trying on the boys part like the wrestlers were doing the work and and it it was just an era where like for whatever reason we just couldn't we couldn't be seen is that yeah no and that, I, no that makes sense but if you look at it, there were a lot of people watching. I just don't think that a lot of people thought that. The, like it always felt like there was like a bit of a dark cloud above TNA. Like people wanted another organization that had, you know, national TV exposure like TNA did. But unfortunately, yep. it almost like it felt like fans wanted to see its demise at the same time. That's what I, I don't understand why people just want to shop at Walmart. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. I never have. Um, and I think you're right. I think that they when it's when it's not there, we want it to be there. And when yes. it is there, we want to figure out, like, how do we pick it apart and how do we get it to go away? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And um, in terms of, like, you know, developing the character, it was Mr. Kennedy at first, and then you turned to Mr. Anderson. Like, did you, how long did it take you to actually, like, become that person? And what it was like, the 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 pivotal moment and we're like okay this the, this just clicked because we were just talking about how uh you know wwe right now he's great they're creating a lot of like in-depth in their characters so how did yep. you create it mr kennedy i broke up with a girl um <laughs> <laughs> i had a girlfriend this it was relatively early on in my career it was within the first two years that i started wrestling mm -hmm. i broke up with this girl and one of my best friends started dating her right away and I oh my god thanks brother yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, they weren't even dating. He was just, he was trying. And um, and I was, was at my trainer's house and there was a bunch of other wrestlers there. And I got on the phone with this guy and I was just pacing around, cutting a promo on this guy. And these guys, my friends were all rolling around laughing. And when I hung up the phone, they said, if you ever have a doubt about who your character is, that's that's your character right there. So that was what sort of, oh, I get it now. And from that point forward, it was kind of uh, just polishing and fine tuning. And when you, uh, I, I'm sorry, David, like one of the things that I remember and is very memorable when uh, Paul mentioned that you were coming into the show, I remember, I just like feel, I just see the, the microphone coming down, you know, mm -hmm. you're grabbing it and, and introducing yourself. Is that, was that your idea? Whose idea was that? No, it was a WWE writer. That was the WWE writer. And I can't remember his name. And I always remember, misremember it. Tommy, Tommy tells me. I'll have to ask Tommy Dreamer. I don't remember who it was, but I feel like Tommy, such a jerk. For... <laughs> Tommy, Tommy knows everything. Um, you know, a big, a big, a, a big topic 
uh, of discussion this week was um, Adam Copeland Edge going over to AEW. And there's, I'm sure, a lot of reasons why he mentioned about having the freedom after being a part of WWE for, you know, two and a half decades. How difficult is making that jump? You, you've been somebody that's worked for a lot of different organizations. How hard is it to establish yourself with one company like you did with the WWE and then have to reestablish yourself with another company? Um, well, the, it's easier when that decision is made for you. you know? True. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely, I, I remember a time when I was in WWE speaking with, you know, some of my mentors backstage and you're like, I think you need to get out of here. I think you need to go over to TNA or Japan or do something like get away from here for a while and then come back. And, I just couldn't pull that trigger because the money is so, you know, and the platform and it, it's, it's a hard thing to do, but um, Adam obviously was, I don't know if he was unhappy. I don't know if unhappy is the right term to say, but like felt unfulfilled to some degree. So the fact that he's able to go somewhere else and make that happen is, is pretty cool. And I did see the the intro at the pay per view, and pretty exciting. Were you surprised that he came out with the, the music? Yes, the music was the thing that surprised me the most. What what's going on there? I think he just I, I, owns it. I think that's like his music. Like I think, I think that's so. amazing. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Everybody popped. Like it, it, it's just like it wasn't like a. 50,000 people, but it felt like there was 50,000 people in, in the room. I was, I personally, I was telling David, I was super excited to see it. I like the, he's yeah. one of my favorite entrances. And when he came back, like I literally cried because it's, you know, it was eight years, Yeah, uh, yep. you know, of like having a, such a horrible, um, in, um, injury. And now you see him doing a, I will say a third round, second round. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, no, I, 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 I think a third round is fair because coming back yes. from the injury would probably be round two. And now with a completely different company is round three. And it is I get I guess I the word that you used is I think the is the proper one just being unfulfilled, like not unhappy, uh, you know, probably yeah. appreciating, like you said, the platform that he had. But at this stage in his career, if he feels like he still has some gas left in the tank. Why not? Yep. Why not take advantage of that opportunity? I think that's exactly what he's doing. I think what we do is art at its purest form. Absolutely and right. If you're an artist, you want to create. And if you can't, if your creativity is being stifled, it's like you want to get out there and do something else, you know? So, Ken, what are, what are the things that you used uh, to like fulfill your creativity uh, outside professional wrestling? Um, Creativity outside professional wrestling. No, that I, I don't think I really have anything creative that I do outside of wrestling. I'm a big video game nerd. Okay. You know, my which my wife is also a video game nerd, and that's awesome because we we have that together. Um, I just spend some time with my kids, but otherwise, it's wrestling. It's wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. You know. Do you watch anything that like inspires you to to help your students create like characters or is like with your video gaming? Do you have a special video game that you like? Um, I, I think uh, I'm a big fan of the Assassin's Creed series, which just came out like Mirage just came out a couple nights ago. Um, but I, I think it's just the excitement that I see in my students 
and having them come to me with like a wacky idea. I just recently had one of my students come to me and he wants to do this superhero gimmick and he's wearing a cape and a silly mask. And, and it's like, and I say silly um, just because I think if you would have asked me 10 years ago, no, that'll never work. That's, you should do something different, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like every time somebody has an idea and somebody stifles it or says, don't do it. Mm-hmm. if if they work at it if you truly believe in it and you you believe in that vision um and you see it through a lot of times people end up eating their words you know I, I, you know what that's great advice i mean seriously like if you believe in something so strongly like you're right maybe the first thought is from people that it's silly but if you put yep. your heart and soul into it, I think mm-hmm. you'll change people's minds. And if, 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 if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it succeeds, that's your, that's your passion that's going out there and succeeding. That's great advice, Ken. I think I, I look back to the you. This is a, I'm dating myself a little bit, but like the Eugene character, you know, like when he first came out, everybody was like, oh, what is this? And he did such a good job and he leaned into it so, so hard that it worked. You know, we t- we you talk about the WWE platform, and obviously you moved on to different organizations after your, the WWE. How important is that platform for just for people to remember and recognize you? It seems like as long as you are a part of the WWE, and really doesn't matter for the length of time, because of that platform, you're always going to be remembered. Do you feel like even though it was for a short period of time, people still talk about that time you were in the WWE? I'm so fortunate that I had that time in the WWE. I really, I really am. Um, and I, that never, that's never lost on me. When I meet fans to this day that will bring something up or one of my students will say, Hey, I remember when you, some, somebody brought up a, a promo that I did with Booker T on SmackDown like 19 years ago, <laughs> whatever it was. Um, and I don't know, that stuff is like special to me. What is the one thing that you cherish the most from your whole entire career? That if you get, had an opportunity to go back to that moment, you'll go and redo it again. Um, honestly, it's the it's going to like Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Maryland and going over the tribute to the troops is like one of my favorite things that I've ever been a part of. Um, that kind of stuff. And the yeah, we have fun wrestling, but like the relationships you build with different people mm-hmm. throughout the business is pretty extraordinary. And uh, there are very few. Can I swear on this or probably not? Yeah, it's it's satellite yes, radio. I, I, there are very few dicks in this business, you know, like. I don't know. I, I feel like everybody's uh, pretty down to earth. And. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it does. And I actually think that's it's a refreshing opinion because, you, you know, for me being outside the bubble of pro wrestling, me just hosting this show, a lot of times you hear the opposite. A lot of times you hear about there's a lot of politics involved in wrestling and there's backstabbing involved in wrestling. It's good and refreshing to hear you say that most of the people that you've dealt with are down to earth. I think there is backstabbing and politicking in any walk of life, like any profession in the world. If you work at McDonald's, there's politics and backstabbing and that exists in pro wrestling. But for the most part, 
everybody is it's sort of like it's a business where you can't be selfish we have to make each other look good and in, in order to look good ourselves busted open as part of the sirius xm sports podcast network if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more please give a five star rating and leave a review subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.